Hello there and welcome to the podcast Sport and Life, Thursday the 25th of March 2021. I hope you're well. Thank you for hitting on the button. Appreciate it. Thank you to the sponsors as ever, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations. I hope you're well. I'm just uh, recovering slightly from five late shifts in a row. I think the earliest I got to bed was about 1 a.m. And I've had a day off since then. But yeah, got a couple of more days off, which is fantastic. And looking to optimize my immunity, of course. With that in mind, taking my Immune Complete 2 from Cytoplan this morning, food-based supplement company, uh, not from here, not far from here in the west of England. My father, Dr. Mark Draper, is a nutritionist and a general practitioner doctor, former anesthetist, anesthesiologist, you might call it, in the past. But he's uh, very much obsessed with nutrition and micronutrition in particular and advocates the immune complete range from Cytoplan, as well as the foundation formula that was his predecessor, I guess, as a multivitamin, vitamin, however you will say it, wherever you are in the world. Uh, but if you go to cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk, you can get a 30% discount, I believe, off the initial purchase, 10% thereafter, with the code uh, DRAPER10RDRAPER, all capital letters, the numbers one zero and the capital letter R. Also taking my fish oil, trying to get the brain fired up. I had some mackerel actually yesterday as well. With that in mind, trying to get the brain lively when you're a little bit sleep deprived and all that kind of stuff. Um, but cytoplan.co.uk, big fans of those. Big fans of uh, the heavyweight rematches coming up this weekend in boxing. It's Dillian White against Alexander Povetkin. Sky Sports showing that. And in the USA in Las Vegas, a few hours after that, early hours of the Sunday morning UK time, will be uh, Saturday night in America. It is uh, a big match in the UFC, mixed martial arts. It's Stipe Miocic defending his title once again against Francis Ngannou. Another rematch three years ago, Miocic winning pretty comfortably with his grappling skills against the big-hitting Cameroonian Ngannou. But this is just a little preview coming up on the podcast today that I uh, filmed actually with Gareth A. Davis via the majesty of Zoom at Sky Sports HQ earlier this week. Looking ahead to the Miocic match with Ngano, but possibly the ramifications if Francis Ngano was to prevail because he's got a background in boxing, has been linked with big crossover fights with boxers before. He is Cameroonian. Anthony Joshua is of Nigerian heritage. Gareth speculates maybe that could be a huge sort of cross-Africa promotion, but possibly as well Tyson Fury could um, meet Ngano if he beats Anthony Joshua in that doubleheader coming up if he gets the better of that and becomes the undisputed heavyweight world champion of boxing. So interesting riff on the topics here with Gareth A. Davis, who's a combat sports journalist for the Daily Telegraph. You can watch the video of this preview on Sky Sports YouTube and there's snippets and I've got a written article as well with Gareth up on the skysports.com website. So I appreciate them letting me share the audio with you on this podcast. It's funny because I was really tired. It was the fifth night of uh, a long run and I was trying to kind of doing this before going on air at Sky Sports News, my day job, and I had to sort of uh, fire myself up a little bit. So I <laughs> sound a little bit excitable at the start of this. Um, interesting to listen back. Always good because you try and get better at things. Um, so I'm working on taking some notes from it, honing my skills as a broadcaster. But I hope you're well, guys. Thank you for listening to the podcast and hope you enjoy this. Let me know if so. Hello there and welcome along to another Mixed Martial Arts conversation for Sky Sports. Looking ahead to the big UFC heavyweight showdown, the rematch between Stipe Miocic, the champion against Francis Ngannou. Very pleased to say that combat sports journalist, a man steeped 
in MMA himself. Gareth A. Davis joins us once again. Gareth, before we get into the nitty-gritty, how excited are you about a heavyweight title fight and the intrigue of a, a rematch? Well, I mean, for a start, um, Stipe Miocic is the most decorated um, UFC heavyweight in history. You know, um, he's had nine fights in the last uh, five years and he's only lost to Daniel Cormier once. Um, and he's had a trilogy with Daniel Cormier, Cormier and he's held the belt. He's already beaten Francis and Ganu. Um, when these 265 pound men fight with four ounce gloves, Francis and Ganu has hands the size of shovels, Ed, literally. So if he flicks you with one of those little fingers, he can literally just wobble you and send you into the chicken walk. Um, so, you know, it's, it's always exciting when the heavyweights fight each other in UFC. And it's always exciting when it's a rematch, particularly of this nature, because it was a fascinating first fight. And I don't know whether Stipe Miocic can climb all over Nganu like he did the last time um, because you let Nganu have space and throw punches at you. And if he lands, he's just going to knock you out. It's as simple as that. Well, there's a lot hinge on that. We'll get into Stipe's legacy as well in just a second and his place in the record books. But does that hinge the intrigue here on Nganu's development in MMA? Because we know he had a boxing background. Do you feel that he's, that he's come on since that first fight? That is one of the intangibles here. Yeah, definitely. He, he has come on. We know that about him. He had a terrible 2018. He had the loss to Stipe Miocic. Then he fought Derek Lewis. And I was at that fight between those two. And Derek the Beast Lewis and Francis Ngannou were so... Fro they both had injuries. This is a famous fight. I think 19 strikes at each other were thrown in 15 minutes. In fact, in the end, we were... We, I remember being kind of uh, octagon side for that, and we were begging in our minds that for them not to throw a single punch in the last five minutes as they circled each other to make a record fight. And it was. It was one of the most bizarre spectacles. Because Derek the Beast Lewis is a terribly feared fighter as well. And they just couldn't... They, they just could not pull the trigger that night, both of them. And uh, and, and he lost on points, Francis Ngannou. He, he was just frozen. His fists were just frozen there the whole time and they just literally walked around each other it was the most odd thing because they're feared so feared so he had a terrible 2018 but then he came he's come back with four wins since all by tko or ko he's more he's got more poise in the octagon um he's he's he's, he's been trained better he's not the raw product he was at the beginning this kind of life-size truck um, who hits people, you know, his, his, his body is extraordinary. He's such a massive man. Um, and I think he's got a lot more confidence than he had before. Um, so, I, I, you know, Stipe Miocic is getting older. Um, he's proved a lot of people wrong with a comeback against Daniel Cormier and two wins in a row to complete the trilogy. But I do think that the fascination and the interest does focus in completely on Nganu. Because he's just, there's something about him. I mean, Nganu against John Jones and Ganu against Stipe Miocic. Ganu against Anthony Joshua or Tyson Fury in a crossover fight. There's something about Nganu, you know, carrying this amazing story from, from Batier, Cameroon, where he, he was a 12-year-old kid digging in the quarry to make ends meet, to make money for his parents. And his story where he goes to France and... 
he has a tough life on the streets. All these things. It's it's an amazing story. When we talk about uh, the, the the Stipe Miocic legacy in the UFC, you said you mentioned in the stats there the record number of consecutive title defenses, the title wins in the, in the heavyweight title wins in matches at heavyweight. Is it simply that he's so good that he's unspectacular that perhaps counts against him in the sense that people aren't unequivocally lauding him perhaps how they should? Stipe's a part-time fireman, isn't he? And um, he works doing a lot of civic duty. Um, he's incredibly modest. It's so hard to get him to talk about himself. He says the toughest person in his household is his wife, who he'd never kind of like, he would never get on the wrong side of. Um, he talks about himself as a big softy at heart, and that when he's in the um, the emergency services station, like they all take the mickey out of him. He's no one special. Um, he's from Cleveland, Ohio. He's a proper blue collar guy. So he doesn't sell himself very hard. I mean, he's a great guy, Stipe. I've met him so many times. He's a great guy. Um, he's got a great team around him. They're all very blue collar, but they don't scream and shout about themselves on social media. They don't sell themselves really hard. So I think he goes in there and he fights a certain way. He was a brilliant wrestler, um, you know, at college. He was a Golden Gloves champion as a boxer. He's a massive human being and he does everything very well. He's not particularly fast. He's got amazing hand speed, but everything he does is solid. So he's solid rather than spectacular. And being so big and so solid and formidable in all, all these skill sets has eventually taken him to the top of the heavyweight division in the UFC and got him to break all the records. And he's beaten Junior Dos Santos, Al Alistair Overeem, uh, Kane Velasquez, all these guys, as I say, Cormier twice, all the guys he's needed to beat to show He's the very best. I mean, I would say, and I'm not being critical of the heavyweight division in the UFC, Ed, but there is at times a lack of depth to it. And I think if he beats Nganu a second time here, there aren't many other great heavyweights out there for him to fight. Does John Jones excite you, though, in that, in that context? Does he shake it up a little bit with him coming up? Oh, totally. John Jones fighting all of them. John Jones fighting the top 10 is interesting because... You want to see how he goes against Rosenstruck or like the up, young up-and-comers or against Stipe, against Francis Ngannou and John Jones. I mean, that is such a thrilling fight because you just know that if any of those heavyweights lands on Jones, they'll knock him out. No one's managed to knock Jones out, let alone down. So at light heavyweight 205, but it's a 60-pound weight differential up from the weight division he was fighting in before. That's why there's been talk at times about having a heavyweight and a super heavyweight division in MMA, which, because it's a 60 pound differential, it can be so. But that, that, that's the sport. Yeah, John Jones against either of those two is really exciting. Um, so John Jones against all of them is exciting, frankly, because he's got such a huge frame. Um, I'd, I'd say a, a very similar equation is We've just seen it at the weekend in boxing. If Lawrence Ciccoli unifies the cruiserweight division in boxing, it'll be fascinating to see what he can do at heavyweight. Um, Lawrence Ciccoli against Deontay Wilder. Does that not excite you? 
So and that's what John Jones against someone like a Nganu is or against a Stipe Miocic. So yeah, he enlivens the division. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, fantastic matchup. It's interesting you mentioned the size factor there. Ngannou is the bigger man. I think in the first encounter, he was 20 pounds heavier or thereabouts. It didn't stop Miocic shooting on him throughout from the from the very start. He won by a very clear margin, didn't he? Unanimous decision all round. I think there was a 10-8 round with a couple of judges in there as well. Are you surprised the bookmakers then make Ngannou the favourite or do they are they going by the theory that he catches Stipe in that first round, which is where Ngannou typically wins? Totally. I mean, he did give, if you remember, he gave Stipe, it, it, was, it, was a rough, it was a rough sale for that first five minutes. And you thought, wow, he clips him again here and he's gone. Um, it's whether, you know, it, that's what I'm saying. Can Stipe enact what he did the last time and get Nganu down? He will have worked, it's two years ago, remember, he will have worked and worked and worked on his takedown defence. He only needs to keep the fight standing for half of the 25 minutes and he's going to get an opportunity to blow Stipe away. And Francis has got a really good chin as well, but you can't write Stipe off timing Nagano as well. But no, I do think Nagano is favourite. I'm picking Nagano to win this fight. I just think it's his time. I really do. What a remarkable story it is, given, given that sort of exit from Cameroon and how long it took him to get out of the country across Africa and, and up to... Paris as well. I know then he sort of took up his combat sports career with gusto. But what about the talking about the takedowns or the attempted takedowns of Stipe Miocic, the addition of Kamara Usman to the training camp with Igano, working with him, and also he's going to be in the corner on fight night. How significant is that? What does that say about Igano's approach? Brains trust, I say. This is, it's a very smart move. Listen, he might be a hundred pounds heavier than him, but Kamara Usman, again, the Nigerian nightmare, as he calls himself, has shown the, the exact, the perfect style for that, that makes you, that, that creates the, the percentages up to the 100% of, uh, that, of, that makes you win in, in MMA. Great chin, brilliant cardio, smothering wrestling, um, ability to strike as well. He knows exactly how not to be taken down as well. Francis will have been drilling and drilling and drilling with Kamaru. Kamaru will have been, been getting into positions to say, look, here's the traps that Stipe is trying to set for you. He wants you to shoot over him so he can get under and take you down. Keep your legs in this position. Keep your base strong. Kamaru Usman will have played a great part in educating um, Francis just to not allow himself into that position of vulnerability. I, I just, I just, I just have an instinct with Francis from what we've seen in the last 18 months that he's worked it out. He's not over eager. He's going to take his time and a big crunching uppercut or a right cross. I can just see it. I can just see the knockout this time. I'm not, I, I, I'm, I'm not saying I, I'm mystic Mac or, or, or see into the future G man, but I can see the knockout for Francis, Francis and Ghani. You can get me on next week. You can pull my cheeks apart like that if you want to. Yeah, you were wrong, G, you were wrong. But I just think he's going to get the job done. Yeah, not, not to be uh, contentious or incendiary, but do you think that's Dana, <laughs> is, that Dana, is that Dana White's dream outcome? Do you feel in Ghana against John Jones? Is that potentially the, the sort of the money fight? Oh, yeah, of course it is. That, that you know, because... You know, it's it, it, they just they will look so good next to each other. But regardless, um, if it's John Jones against Stipe, it'll still be fascinating. 
but I, I, I tend to agree with you. In the, the, the promoter's dream, the matchmaker's dream, Ed, will be Francis Ngannou as the champion against John Jones because it's going to do astronomical numbers, frankly. Just wanted to quickly mention, because you've mentioned boxing as, as well, and there is a big rematch this weekend for Dillian White against Alexander Povetkin in Gibraltar as well, the same night, a few hours before the Miocic and Garno fight. That's been mooted in the past, hasn't it? In Garno against Dillian White because of Ngannou's boxing background, because Dillian has some MMA background and kickboxing background. Is that something that you can envisage happening down the line, even a one and a one, one in the cage, one in the ring kind of scenario? I think if Francis Ngannou fights anyone, it'll be Tyson Fury or Anthony Joshua. Um, you know, you've got Cameroon against Nigeria. Yeah, I, mean, I know he's a Nigerian Brit, so I don't want to be perceived in the wrong way, but obviously Anthony Joshua has a relationship with Nigeria as well. I mean, imagine that, you know, the, the rumble in Lagos you know, between those two. I'd fly over for that one, no question. <laughs> and maybe they could do one MMA and one and one boxing match. I, yeah. I um, you know, but Tyson Fury against Francis Ngannou as well. I mean, you know, as you say, the Rumble on the Rock this weekend, it's more of a WWE name for White Povetkin <laughs> or Povetkin White 2. Um, you know, with, with everyone being housed on a giant ship, a casino ship just off Gibraltar. It's all set up for a great night. I think it's on Sky Box Office, isn't it? It is, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's interesting you mentioned that, though, because I thought in terms of credible cross-promotional matchups or cross-sport matchups, it seemed viable because of Dillian's background that he's had a couple of MMA fights, because Francis was primarily a boxer. But you feel that would Tyson Fury or Anthony Joshua ever get into a cage? Because I think Dillian's ind indicated he would. Uh, yeah, Tyson Fury's talked about it before. and um, um, He's even sparred with world kickboxing champions and stuff, and and I've spoken to him about it before that, he, you know, he'd, he'd definitely do an MMA fight. Um, so I, I could see it happening. And, you know... Because Engano's a striker, yeah, as well, potentially. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, you know, when we... The reason why Floyd Mayweather against Conor McGregor was so successful was because they were the two most marketable figures from each of the sport and they were around the same weight division. I think, you know, I'm not, I'm not decrying that Dillian White isn't marketable because he is. Let's see what happens on Saturday night, first of all. But I think if Dillian had beaten Anthony Joshua, beaten Povetkin, and he gets a fight with Anthony Joshua as world champion, then I could really see it. But at the moment, for me, it would be either Anthony Joshua Tyson, or Tyson Fury against Francis Ngannou, or John Jones come to that, yeah? <laughs> well, lots maybe, of they maybe they have a kind of, um, you know, a tag match. Who knows? <laughs> lots of, yeah, WWE, though. Lots yeah. of permutations. Um, to conclude, you are going for Francis Ngannou, is that correct? And, and late, how? Late, late, second, late second round, early third round knockout. Maybe, maybe even in the first round, but I think I favour Francis Ngannou, second round knockout. And I think Dillian White will do it late against Povetkin on the rock. Gareth, pleasure to have your company as ever. Thank you very much for your insight. And remember, for more MMA content, thank you for watching. By the way, head to skysports.com. Goodbye for now. Always good to get the thoughts of Gareth A. Davis, aficionado of MMA for the past 25 years, longtime boxing journalist as well. Does um, seem a credible matchup if Ngano prevailed against Stipe Miocic, which is far from a given, given Miocic has got the best records of any heavyweight in UFC history in terms of heavyweight title wins and title defences consecutively. Um, but it's yeah intriguing that this massive, uh, very heavy-hitting fighter in Francis Ngannou, who's great with his hands, could potentially cross over to boxing 
And if there was a rematch in the cage, maybe boxers would be open to that because Ngannou isn't a takedown specialist, or maybe he would be sneaky and crafty and take those takedowns than wrestling if he was if he was fighting an orthodox boxer in an MMA cage. But yeah, interesting to get Gareth A. Davis's thoughts. Always intrigued by combat sports. People say they're savage and brutal, which they are obviously, but I think there's takeaways there on the concept of sport and life, which is why I began this podcast of courage, of getting into situations, facing situations in the presence of fear. Because the definition of courage, actually, when you look at it, it's almost seen as an absence of fear, but it's the ability to press ahead with a course of action in the face of fear, which is why I find these inspiring characters. And in Garnu's story, listen to Joe Rogan's extensive podcast with him recently is certainly inspiring, given that he had to go across Africa for many months in life-threatening situations across borders, went to North Africa, Morocco, and eventually got across to Spain. But then I think spent some time in prison as well in Spain uh, before he got liberated and ended up in Paris, France, where he uh, kind of pursued his combat sports career of gusto around 10 years ago. But it's a phenomenal story and maybe not one recommendable, but certainly one, again, that had huge courage and perseverance to it beyond the realms of what most of us can probably comprehend. So fighting in a cage is probably uh, pales into insignificance in terms of the challenge compared to just getting from Cameroon to where he is now. And he's, he's certainly hoping to help and inspire the communities that he came from. And as Gareth alluded to there, worked in a quarry as a, a young boy at school as well. Maybe that's part of his fearsome strength where that comes from, that, that conditioning. But great story. And I wish uh, both him the best of luck and Stipe Mocic. And of course, boxing heavyweight match, Dillian White, big fan of his story coming from adversity. He's been talking on Sky Sports this week about um, assassination attempts on him as a child. Fell into bad company, but a challenging, challenging story when you consider that he left uh, Jamaica or his mum left Jamaica at two, went to England, went to London. He was left there until I think 12, 13, something like that, and uh, kicked around several houses, family houses and things, and came to the UK and got into trouble, but has uh, certainly resurrected his life and career and what's better for his children. So it's, there are some very inspiring stories that connect the concepts of sport and life in, in combat sports like boxing and MMA. Anyway, I hope you well. If you like the podcast, please rate it on iTunes. Appreciate that. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate the sponsors, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high-quality customer service and installations. Check out Jason Briggs and his team. Got a really cool video up actually on their Instagram page today. Uh, Bang and Olufsen, uh, B&O Cheltenham is the uh, the address, I believe. They've got some new headphones up on there. And thank you to Cytoplan. If you're looking to optimize your immunity, food-based supplements that we've been taking for 20 plus years as a Draper family, and certainly don't get ill too much. We haven't got a control group to compare it to, but believe in them. My father, who's looked at the science of it as a doctor and a nutritionist, is a big advocate of, of trying to fill in the gaps that maybe our diet, even if our diet on paper is healthy, it does not quite complete in terms of micronutrients in particular, like selenium and zinc. And uh, zinc's been mentioned quite a lot, hasn't it, in treatment of, of coronavirus. So you wonder how deplete we are because the soil is maybe over-rotated and overused with the industrial farming that goes on now. But just a thought, if you head to cytoplan.co.uk, the discount code is DRAPER10R, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, the numerals one zero and the capital letter R. Have a great rest of the week, guys, and weekend, and enjoy uh, the fights over the weekend if you are watching them. And whatever sport you're taking in, the World Cup qualifiers in Europe for England, Wales alike uh, taking place. Bye for now.